0: We will be discussing season two, episode two, titled "Night of Desirable Objects." Uh, Yet another solid, solid episode. Uh, That certainly is a lot more standard than what we've been talking about recently. Uh, We're definitely coming off the ZFT, David Robert Jones, Cortexa fan, William Bell High of late season one and the premiere of season two, and sort of going back to, like, sort of this return to normalcy in the fringe formula. We're sort of going back to something more micro, something more standard, uh, with this more, mostly self-contained story of... Something weird happened. We need to figure out what's going on here, who's doing it, how it's happening, blah, 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 blah. And in that theme of returning to normalcy, this episode has a fairly simplistic hook. Uh, People are disappearing in this small town in Pennsylvania. Uh, We gotta go and see what the hell's happening. Uh, We get that very, very good opening sequence of that construction worker getting pulled underground by this weird figure into this tunnel. When they investigate, uh, they find this blue liquid that Walter finds out the hard way is a paralytic. (laughs) I'm planning to urinate in 23 minutes. I tell you because I'm going to need help unzipping my fly. I can't feel my hand. (laughs) <laughs> oh god that was um that was a moment <laughs> that was a moment and going through files and everyone involved after the sheriff decides to be a little bit of an asshole and go what well, why do you, you need these files? I didn't call the FBI. I don't want you here. Eventually, Peter, by relating to the sheriff's love of fishing, by seeing, like, the Night of Desirable Objects lore, hey, episode title, uh, <laughs> the sheriff gives them the files willingly. He's like, yeah, you're cool. You fish also. We had a good fishing conversation They're going through these files, and they see that the same person visited the families of a lot of these victims. This guy named Hughes, who is a former doctor who's been retired for a couple decades. They go to his house. They talk to him a bit. And Olivia, because after she got discharged from the hospital, uh, her senses kind of heightened randomly. She's hearing some heavy breathing. She's hearing someone else in this house. She's convinced she hears someone else in this house. And she searches the house, doesn't find anyone, doesn't find anyone, doesn't find anyone. In fact, she actually gets so dialed into someone's here, someone's here, someone's here, someone's here, someone's here... Someone's here. Uh, that when Peter shows up, she, like, fires directly at him <laughs> and only just misses. It's, a it's an awkward moment with those two characters. And then we bring Hughes in for a full-blown interrogation where Olivia just lays out, like, all victims and are like, you visited their families, uh, what's going on? We found human DNA as part of this paralytic, uh... Do we have permission to take your blood? And the guy's like, no, you don't have permission. Uh, And he talks about uh, his wife and son who passed away. Uh, His wife died in childbirth. His son passed away five minutes after he was born. So he went through this big tragedy and is like, I couldn't, I could never hurt anyone. I could never hurt anyone. I could never hurt anyone. This... All like kinda doesn't line up, the concern, but also the unwillingness to present uh a blood sample, and we find some newspaper clippings that don't line up exactly with the story. Apparently, like cause of death was unknown, blah 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 blah. And we start to get super, super suspicious of Hughes. So uh, we exhume the bodies of his wife and son. Now, wife comes up, body is a body, whatever. Son comes up, coffin is empty, there's no body there, and there's a big fat hole in his coffin as if someone dug in or something dug in or out. out. And there's like a big hole. Burying out of his grave, uh, down into the, the ground below. And when Walter examines the wife's body, we find out she had lupus. Which means she shouldn't have been able to be pregnant. She shouldn't have been able to get pregnant. At all. And yet, she had a kid. So, how the hell did that happen? Well, we can't ask Hughes, because almost immediately after the interrogation, he hangs himself in the interrogation room. He straight up commits suicide. So, we can't learn anything from that guy. And basically... What Walter is able to find out by looking at this body further is that not only was she pregnant in spite of her lupus, but what she gave birth to wasn't entirely human. Basically, Hughes altered the fetus's DNA so it could better survive the pregnancy, better better survive its mother's lupus put in some scorpion DNA, uh, some DNA from other creatures, and created what Walter refers to as a super baby. Fringe Season 2, Rise of the Super Babies. (laughs) We got a super baby. I, I love, I love that the first, like, quote-unquote filler episode of the season. I love that the first standard-ass fringe episode of the season is there's a super baby on the loose. I love it. I love it so goddamn much. But at this moment, Olivia realizes, wait a minute. I thought I imagined this. I thought I imagined this. I thought I imagined this. Maybe he's... Maybe the son is there. Maybe he's somewhere in that house or near it or under it with the tunnels. And so Olivia and Peter go back and they search this house and they find a couple of secret rooms. And they find an entrance to this tunnel where they find, like, dead bodies, both human and animal. And then the Super Baby shows up, drags Olivia into the tunnel. Peter gets into this big fight with the super baby. I love saying the word super baby in relations to this show. Super baby is the best term. <laughs> uh but we get into this big brawl with the super baby. The super baby starts to run away, but then the tunnel collapses and a cop car falls through the ground and crushes the super baby. So the Super Baby is dead. No more Super Baby. Turns out, Super Baby, not so super next to a cop car. And so the Super Baby is dead. Uh, We find all these bear traps around the property. Which basically meant that Hughes knew this was his kid. And he was trying to stop him from hurting anyone else. Which... Yikes! Oh my god, that uh, that can't have been great. Uh, but yeah, decent, decent standalone story. Not fringe's best, but certainly not their worst either. Like it's a it, it's a solid solid narrative. Uh, we got a few other things happening as well. Of course, Olivia Dunham is going through recovery from her car crash. Uh, she walks around with a badass cane this entire episode, and it's awesome. Of course, I mentioned that her senses have been kinda heightened after the crash uh, for whatever reason, and Nina comes to her and is like, look, physically you're fine. Mentally, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're probably not. Here's the information for a guy named Sam Weiss. He helped me... When I was going through cancer and had my arm replaced and all of that. He helped me with uh, the mental side of that. Go to him. He's cool. Get help from him. And Olivia ends up taking Nina up on this offer. She goes to this bowling alley real late at night. And meets this guy at the counter who's like, yeah, uh, Sam Weiss, he's not here. He he met a girl and ran off. And Olivia just starts leaving. And the dude's like, hey, really? You just heard he met a girl and left and then you gave up? And at this point, Olivia puts two and two together and is like, oh, you're Sam Weiss. And then, like, they officially meet and Sam's like, hey, uh, have the headache started yet? They will, and they begin whatever therapy they are getting into. They begin whatever uh, whatever stuffs they're beginning on the their journey of their wonderful journey of mental health. Uh, also, the Charlie Francis shapeshifter is lurking around the entire time, spying on Olivia, trying to like pry for more information because. The other side has said, like, flat-out unacceptable that she doesn't remember, and is just weaving his way into her life, so that specter's still over everything. There's also a really delightful scene where Peter tells Walter the story of a young boy who got it in his head that he wanted to take his father fishing and saved all this money for a Night of Desirable Objects lore, and but the father wasn't around all that much and he ended up fishing alone and walter does not get that the boy in this story is peter and walter's like oh and the and the boy and this guy gave uh this lure to you can i can i go fishing with you and your friend and peter's like yeah that'd be that'd be great and it's just like a nice little moment it's this nice lovely moment of reconciliation and i love it uh but yeah, solid episode all around, sorta to, like I said, bring us back to a sense of uh, of normalcy to a certain extent, just by doing a standard ass fringe episode. Anyway, uh if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash tv archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, tomtom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, but it's just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 3. Talk to you then.